Hello, and welcome to episode 182 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, we have a review of Marvel Studios and streaming on Disney Plus Season 1, Episode 3 and 4 of WandaVision. Episode 3, Now in Color, Wanda's pregnancy fritzes her powers, and she and the Vision prepare for an accelerated delivery. In Episode 4, we interrupt this program. Monica Rambeau is tasked with a special assignment regarding the sentient weapon and goes missing. These are your spoiler alerts for episodes one through four of WandaVision. This is Matt, and I'm joined by Constructing Comics co-host Noah. Hey there. And our special guest, Joe Deggs. He lives in New Jersey, but he's never been to Westview, New Jersey. Joe, how are you doing, bud? Not that you know of, or that I know of. <laughs> Awesome. So, guys, uh, last time we got together, we talked about one and two, um, and then now we're here to talk about three and four, uh, and we're about, uh, I feel like we're about halfway through the show. I didn't look to see if it was eight episodes like most Disney shows are. It's but, six. Uh, it's six? Yeah. So oh, wow. One episode. Well, one episode away. One after, episode away. Yeah. Awesome. So, I feel like three stayed with our normal like sitcom before we expanded more into the uh to the marvel u but let's talk about three what is everybody's impressions of three three was my second favorite episode of the series i think my first favorite might still be the first one but three rivals the first one pretty closely like i loved three a lot i think that's because i'm sort of a fan of anything that parodies that brady bunch type of sitcom and uh, also it got weird, like really weird. And I'm all about things getting really weird. So it was it was just right for me. Um, episode three was. But yeah, what do you think, Joe? Um, I liked um, I thought three was OK. And it's funny that the way you mentioned it, because I think I like three better on the back of four. If that makes sense to you. After yeah. what after watching four made me probably appreciate three a little bit more. Um I kind of like the twins aspect because that's a throwback to kind of old Marvel, old Vision, Scarlet Witch story. I always kind of like that when they go to my genre, the 80s or so to say, early 90s. And um, I like and I liked more and more of when um, you starting to see the breakdown of like how Scarlet Witch sees, you know, unpeeling un- un- the, the layers of the onion a little bit that, you know, kind of the, the, the awareness of what's going on and one of the characters breaking from the, 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 the whatever they're in, that, the, that, that, the weird view of they're in. Um, when, uh, you know, uh, Monica again, then like, comes to fruition, she, she starts to show that she's not, doesn't truly belong there and that she's kind of an outlier to what's going on in that universe. So that's kind of my, my, my thoughts on it. Yeah. So like mostly the, it seems like the center plot point is the the birth of the kids and joe do you remember from the 80s were they like named at all because i feel like these kids are like um i don't know if anybody here has read young avengers but i feel like these are the 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 kids from like the young avengers around like is it is it wiccan um that that they have here's the thing which is weird and i i don't know why i remember this but i remember and again them being born and in a West Coast Avengers comic series 
Quicksilver's going nuts and they had to get Scarlet Witch to reel them in. And I think it's Hawkeye goes to the house and they're holding the babies and they both have Vision's red face. <laughs> <laughs> and like, it was like, they brought like uh, almost um, Scarlet Witch out of maternity leave to come and deal with her brother who was going nuts. That's really what my only memory I have of the twins, like their names and everything else. So that, again, that was like West Coast Avengers early, early 80s, mid 80s. So you're waiting for the uh, the West Coast Avengers show to come on uh, Disney Plus. That's 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 what you're waiting for, right? <laughs> nice Wonder Man. Yeah. <laughs> good Mockingbird. Good lineup. Nice, nice. And, uh, Hawkeye. He's always a part of West Coast Avengers, right? So, he's like the founder of it. Actually. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I'd I'd watch the hell out of that show. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So again, I feel like the the key plot point of this is the. Uh, the the twins being bored and we have sort of the accelerated timeline where uh the doctor shows up and he gives her sort of like the checkup and he's like oh you're you're three months in but you know as fast as everything is going here by the end of the episode uh the the, the kids are coming um and the vision's not there and uh geraldine shows up to sort of aid with the um the birth of the twins um so what did you guys think about how they handled geraldine showing up uh in place of the vision to to help with the birth of the twins i like that a lot and i actually like the pace of the reveal of her like her character reveal throughout the episode so that the the, the shows that episode's got so much action in it as far as like you know not like you know people punching each other but just a lot happening Mm-hmm. Again, it's very weird and I kind of love it, but like the, just to see her reactions, it's sort of funny to see the reactions of Geraldine to the sort of supernatural elements within the TV universe is sort of normal. And uh, basically what snaps her out obviously is when Wanda mentions that mentions Pietro. That was awesome right there. And I was like, okay, I like how things are being revealed that way. You know, mm-hmm. um, like slowly, like, you know, we're, we're going to get answers eventually, but like, this is sort of a cool, you know, um, a cool reveal of this character. Uh, yeah. And I liked, uh, I love the performances of, from, from uh, Elizabeth Olsen and the actor, actress playing Geraldine, both of their sort of, both of them expressing fear in different ways is really incredible. You know, uh, like Wanda's sort of her big thing is fear, you know, and that's sort of what sort of harnesses her power and everything, but it's always this like fear and then man that manifests into anger and -hmm. sort of interesting for Geraldine to sort of wake up and become afraid of Scarlet Witch because she realizes her power. Um, And then this sort of like also that leads into sort of Wanda becoming this uh, sort of classic Marvel version of herself where it's sort of like Scarlet Witch is never just a hero. She's sort of like the anti-hero where she's can switch back and forth between sides a lot throughout the Marvel universe. And I like how they sort of used her reaction to Geraldine being a gateway into exploring that side of Wanda. Um, yeah, I, I really loved it. And that sort of made me, that sort of is what I think maybe now talking about it is sort of why I like the third episode more than even the first episode is because I think it's got a clearer 
sort of uh, it, it sort of explains more what this show is about, and that this is sort of all being orchestrated mostly by Wanda, and I, and I really liked that part of it. Um, but yeah, what, what what are your thoughts, Joe? You know, it's, you hit on a lot. Uh, you know, I want to kind of emphasize. You talked about just we talked about just performances that I think. Um, Elizabeth Olsen is like absolutely crushing this. Yeah. And then when they talk about, I know this came out with Golden Globes and stuff like that. Mando got Mando got nominated for best, right? It was nice to see that. Kind of not to go down a different rabbit hole. But you talk about performances and you think it's about time you give due diligence for these, whatever you want to call them, you know, superhero movies, comic book movies. I mean, she really is. <laughs> it's a pretty good performance, right? Yeah, well, uh, that's something that you'd like, you know, everybody sort of looks down on these shows and the not the shows but the movies is sort of like you know everybody was sort of hoping that uh like right um that well i think i think sort of when it started people started talking about oscar nominations are with uh oh man, i can't remember the actor's name in black panther who played killmonger um, uh michael b jordan michael b jordan was sort of the one where they're like yeah this guy should deserve an, deserves an oscar for his performance and then then after, on the back of that chadwick boseman for black panther and then around Infinity War, people were like Josh Brolin, give him an Oscar nomination or something. And then on Endgame, it was Robert Downey Jr. Give him an Oscar nomination. And I don't know if I've never really felt strongly either way about a nomination for any of them. I thought I sort of find it funny that like Endgame and I, I kind of think that the performances in Endgame and Infinity War, Infinity War don't even match the performances in like Civil War like Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. give such good performances and that like everyone across the board does a really good job with that that movie. But I'm wondering now if we'll sort of start to see more like, you know, connection, not connection, but like uh, recognition for the, how good the performances are in these movies now that it's moving into TV and you have more time to show like, you know, like off their range. So it's got to feel good for an actor like Elizabeth Olsen to be like, yeah, I'm sort of stuck in this sort of like this franchise that like I maybe don't get challenged as much as if I'm doing like an independent film, uh, but now gets to do like, she's already filmed like a feature film's worth of material for this story with the first three episodes. And now at the fourth episode, especially like this is a movie already. So when we have two more episodes after this, so that means that she's gonna really be able to stretch her acting skills and show a really great range um, so yeah, I really hope that her and, and Paul Bettany, because Paul Bettany is in the same camp. I hope they both get some recognition next year and uh, maybe later this year at the Emmys and then next year with Golden Globes. That'd be really great. Yeah, I would I would think that the fact that like they do sort of the the comedic aspects of like the sitcom show, but then they also are doing like the serious aspects when we go into like the Marvel U is just showing sort of the range that they can they can do because like like you said, like um, when they're in the when they're in the Marvel movies, they sort of are like pigeonholed in like the abilities that they can have. Like maybe like the Scarlet Witch got the most development. I think like in Civil War when she was doing like the spy stuff with Cap, but like really it's just sort of like show up, sort of use your hex powers and and blow some stuff up, and then the Vision. But like yeah, I agree with you that this is really stretching them as as actors. And, the, and I listened to an interview with the director of um, like the last two Mission Impossible films. And he brought that up with like blockbuster movies. You don't really get time 
to develop character because like you have to have like so many action set pieces. So like something like TV opens up more time to get mm -hmm. really solid performances and like really solid character work and things like that. So as we moved through the episode three, um, we have the accelerated birth of the kids and we have Geraldine and we have Wanda and sort of that, um, uh, you know, it starts off really well. Geraldine's there, she's helping out. Um, but then Wanda notices the, uh, the necklace on her that has the, the sword logo. And at this point, like, it feels like um, Geraldine is also putting pieces together because she earlier was like, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't really know who I am, but she's here. She's putting pieces together. And I feel like a little bit of that was the speech that Wanda gave her where she was mentioning some of like the past things that had happened to her, which was like bringing these memories to the forefront so she could put things together. So Joe, what did you think about um, when Geraldine starts figuring out uh, how things are going and Wanda sort of figures out that Geraldine is not what she appears? I think that, uh, um, it, I think it's well done. And then in light of what you saw in episode four, which I know we're going to get into, but we're kind of already there. I think that, you know, they tied up that, that they tied up, they tied up that loose end pretty nicely. Right. You kind of have an idea of, you know, and when we get to four, I'll give you a little bit more of my theory on it, but just why, you know, why she's feeling that way and where she's coming from. And even, um, Right, even the different sword references. We'll go back to the old helicopter. There it was on the helicopter and everything else, and I'm back at the uh, the beekeeper. Um, it's making sense as to what you know, and, and it's really well done um, in 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 the whole story arc as far as um, the symbolism and what it means, and Geraldine slash Monica just in general, like you know where her head's at and everything else. Yeah. So it seems like the 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 final moment of of three is. Uh, Wanda sort of expelling um, Geraldine out when she realizes that she either doesn't belong there or there, there's something going on with her. The vision comes back and sort of asks questions as to like where she is. Wanda gives the vision sort of an answer of, oh, she had to go home. And then we sort of have what we feel like is a happy moment of them with, with the twins. So how do you guys feel about how three sort of uh, finished up for us? It made me smile in a twisted way, that kind <laughs> of thing. Like I really love how sinister, like I just can't get over just how sinister Wanda is in those last moments. And also how, uh, again, like it's sort of weird, but like you kind of get like this weird sick pleasure out of like knowing that she knows what's going on. Like mm -hmm. it's sort of like nice to be like, okay, we know Wanda has some control over this scenario, you know? And uh, like, like we had hints of it in the last two episodes, but this one it's like for sure Wanda does know something's like is controlling something. Uh, that's pretty great. And um and I like, uh, I like how they're also trying to show how like, you know, Vision has some sort of sense of like self-awareness too, and, and some sort of awareness of what's going on as well. And I like that with sort of his last moments in the episode as well, where he's just sort of like, 
you know, is this uh, like, you know, what, what's going on? And especially with his interactions with Agnes and um, the, the other neighbor, mm-hmm. you know, I, I really love that. Uh, it just, it gets, it gives you, it was really exciting and it got me excited for the next episode in a way where I was just like, I really want to see where this is going. Just like the first two episodes where I'm like, yes, I'm in it. I love this. Um, I like the little bit where she, where, where, where Geraldine wakes up on the grass um, surrounded by all of the government people. Like it was just like what I love about TV shows, what I love about stories. It's just like, yeah, ready for the next one. This is going to be, this is a great ride. I mean, okay, you, you put up a great point. I'm sorry, Matt, I mean to cut you off, but no, no, you go ahead. I know, I'll lose it. And no, but a great point. And it's like, cause it's so layered, but it's like, which we don't know, but like, is Vision having those moments or yeah. is, is that Scarlet Witch projecting Vision having those moments, right? Which, yeah. which we don't know, but that's another, why it's so great. Like why it's like, it's so well done. And, you know, cause I thought the same thing about look at his interacting and he's off, you know, the off screen stuff is somewhat strange. Cause like, it makes you think that if it's, why would you create the scenarios off screen? If, if this is totally her, her creation, right? Yeah. Um, but you don't know, which I think, unless, you know, you find that out in episode five, who knows? But, um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Shut up, Matt. Shut up. <laughs> no, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> but that is a, that, that, you know, that's a great point that you brought up and it made me think about this the whole time now is like, is this vision having this? Is she imagining this for a vision? These conversations. Yeah. Yeah. So before we go to four, I think one of the the really great things they did in three, and Noah, you talked about this a little bit, was when they were talking to the neighbors and they were just sort of lingering outside of the Vision's house and they were like, is Wanda or not? There, there is, is Geraldine in there? And they were sort of like, they didn't know what was going on with Geraldine, but they knew that like something was wrong. So we as viewers were like, oh, they know that something's not right with her, but they don't know, like they're not totally in on this. So like it sort of builds at that point, it builds to the mystery of, of who she is. Yeah, and there's that moment where Agnes, the, the neighbor's about to say something and Agnes looks at him and it's not in this like threatening way. And that's the, also the part that was just so amazing to me because you don't see this very often. Like she doesn't look at him in a way where she's like, I'm going to kill you or I'm going to hurt you. Don't shut up. But it's like this pleading for him to stop like out of fear mm-hmm. and that moment gave me chills where i was like oh like this is some real like spooky shit going on right here like this is gonna be this is gonna get good um and i, I love that like because like again you'd never really see that that that's sort of like what adds this like nice complication of like i don't know where this is going if it had been any other reaction where it was like you know, her being like angry and mad, it's like, you know, you'd be like, oh yeah, she's the bad guy or something mm-hmm. like that. But the fact that like, she looks at him with such fear, it's like, oh, there's, yeah, like like Joe said, there's levels. There's just so many levels going on right now. It's great. Awesome. So we talked a little bit about how three ends, which is obviously how, how four begins, um, which expands the story and we actually move outside of, of Westview a bit. Um, does three sort of end with um, Geraldine slash Monica being expelled and, and Jimmy Woo like coming to her, coming to her to sort of figure out. And then that's where we build from four. We don't see Jimmy Woo in episode three, but by four, we know that that's who comes up to her. And it okay. has uh, so like that one, 
the songs at the end of the credits are getting better and better, which is also something that's great. And I love that that episode's punctuated with Daydream Believer mm-hmm. um, and let like creepy like fade in and then like plays over the credits. It, it was it was great. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I that's a good point. So I feel like four, they drop us in sort of and this is where we figure out where this is on the Marvel Cinematic U, we, we come in sort of uh, at a moment of the uh, the post blip where where people come back. And this is where Monica comes back in the the hotel. Or, or not, it's not hotel, the, the hospital, right? So what, uh, Joe, how did, what did you think about how four started off to let us know where we were? Well, I know we're going to, you know, we're, we're going to talk about a little bit. We talked about a little bit off, off recording that, you know, I really, really like four. Um, and part of it comes from, I think, well, I mean, I'll get into it, I guess, a little bit later, but um, I love the start of it. I love that the backstory of one of the first characters comes right from Endgame, right from the snap, right? You know, they, 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 tie, they tie that in right away. Um, you know, I think taking ownership of like, hey, this is the Marvel Universe, you know, not a shot at the Netflix shows or the Hulu shoes or Hulu shows, but I also think it's showing like this is going to be true continuation of the storyline that came from the MCU. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Noah, what did you think about figuring out where we were on the uh, the timeline of the uh, the Marvel Cinematic EO? I was kind of excited at first because I was like, oh, you know, this is like, yeah, like, and I, I, I didn't make the mistake of watching it with my parents, but I was watching it with my mom, who's like in her 60s. And so she's sort of like, she's watched some of the Marvel films and, and remembers some of the things, but I had to explain to her what was going on mm-hmm. while it was happening. And uh, that may have affected how I was viewing it. But at the same time, I think I was like excited at first when I was like, oh, this is um, not Maria Rambo. This is uh uh, Maria Rambo's daughter, uh, whose name is, I cannot remember. Monica. Uh, Monica Rambo, who's yeah. going to, who's, you know, related to, he's Captain Marvel's like goddaughter, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I kind of was like, I, I automatically cared about, I kind of cared about the character a little bit, but like, I think one of the, the flaws of Captain Marvel is that I didn't really care about anyone in that film. That was just sort of what I took away from it. And so like, I was like, oh, I know her. So I kind of care about her, I guess. I was kind of sad to think that Maria was dead in the current timeline because like, again, I'm, I'm sort of someone who's like, I, I, I kind of got disappointed when uh, Scott Lang goes to his daughter in Endgame and she's like five years older. And I was like, oh crap. That means that we like lose all the development of the first two Ant-Man films. You know, like we just lost like, five years of this character growing up that kind mm-hmm. of thing like that really sucks and that part of that's realistic that's just how life works but i also kind of was the same way if like if captain marvel doesn't do a flashback in the next movie that sucks that that character's gone you know so i was just sort of like oh okay so i wasn't like again i wasn't too sexy I didn't really care about the characters too much in captain marvel but i still always sort of get sad because you can always have potential for characters and then sort of where they'll go um, but I was interested. I was like, okay, but I'm kind of sucked in. But then it just became like a marathon of exposition. And I was just exhausted, like the whole episode. Like the episode just, just like, I just could not, it could not keep my attention 
uh, like really like it was just sort of dull to me I like I know like you're getting answers and stuff but like kind of got to the end and I was like oh thank god we're getting back to Wanda and Vision because I was like I like I the B team that's already like it's not even the B team it's like the C team of the Marvel of the MCU all of a sudden we're shooting to them and I'm like but we could be having fun in sitcom world with Wanda and Vision this whole time and the only times where I really was engaged was when they were flashing back to the episodes, the first three episodes where I was like, oh yeah, I loved that. Why are we watching people watch screens? You know, that <laughs> kind of thing. Like, I just am like, ugh. it's also a pet peeve of mine. I cannot stand just long periods of like action only being people looking at screens or really like looking at things or typing in things and stuff. It's just <sighs> yeah but okay that's my thoughts on the the beginning of the episode and just how it just for me just went downhill and i was like just didn't care but okay matt you go ahead uh, i'm gonna uh, actually i'm gonna turn it over to to, to joe for a second because joe uh joe likes four so we're gonna go with a counterpoint here yeah yeah and honestly i think some of the points you know I, you don't even agree to disagree because just having no talk about it out loud i kind of like yeah you know those are some pretty valid points about what he said I think what I liked about it is almost like a pet peeves of mine that would kind of me like it. And this goes way back was I was a huge lost fan for, for uh, five years. And when I learned how they didn't how a lot of their backstories and everything really meant nothing, you know, spoiler alert for lost, you know, oh, yeah. you know, Hurley hit the lottery and Mr. Echo does drugs or whatever, you know, but it, it, it didn't matter. And like what, what I liked about this was like, it was almost like, you know, and I'm sure Colton, Colton Hughes and Damon Lindelof are listening to this. And I, no offense to you guys. Oh no, they, no, they screw it's, them. It's, it's, it's yeah, you know, it's Jim, Jim Lee and Alan Moore are listening as well. So don't okay. worry. So, well, I um, think Damon lives, listens because of our Watchmen reviews. Oh yeah. There, yeah, there yeah. you go. Which, which yeah. now that one's well done, but you know, <laughs> the thing is that like, this is how it's done. Like this is a backstory that like makes sense and was yeah. thought out and ties up loose ends. And like that for me was like, wow, that's awesome. Like all that makes sense to a point. Like that helicopter makes sense. The beekeeper, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, we talked about the Easter eggs. I think that episode one, how was the Easter egg hunt? Like I kind of liked take it or leave it. The list on the whiteboard. And you know, let's give the three of us credit. Is Vision alive? Like, didn't we discuss that in, in, in our first episode? And they they had that written on their whiteboard. Uh Wu had that written down of, of all the things mm-hmm. they were they were trying to kind of figure out. Um yeah, and I think that that sort of also is one of my problems with the episode. Again, I just I cannot stand that storytelling as well. Where like, uh, I mean, obviously, when you're telling a story, you do kind of want to think for the audience in a way. Like, if you're telling a really good cohesive story, like you really can't avoid thinking for the audience because, like, you know, you're you're telling them a story. So you are sort of just showing them what they need to understand in order for the story to keep going. But I don't like often, more often than not, is the storytelling of like telling the audience what questions they need to be asking or like, almost like, like, cause we, we already, we asked those questions already on our own. That kind of thing. Like, why do you have to spend time re-asking them? It's like, we've already asked that ourselves. Like, so that was the thing where I was laughing at. I was like, oh, hey, we asked those questions, but I was realizing, I'm like, then why are they putting it up there? Like, we, we, we're already asking these questions. Um, but like, I like, yeah, Joe, like I liked sort of going through and being like, okay, yeah, that's, 
the beekeeper answer like what was the beekeeper what was the helicopter what was up with the like the radio stuff like i wish the, like so this is i think what i wish the episode was was shorter like i wish it was like like 15 minutes shorter like it was like a just like a really quick tight episode but like there were just times where it was like it felt like it was just sort of over explaining things that and then not giving us an answer um like just asking the questions that we'd already been asking and uh and like maybe it's sort of confirmation to be like yeah we're kind of all on the same path but at the same time i was like but we could have come to those conclusions ourselves at some point and you could have just skipped over all this uh, but like but then like i'm sort of thinking back on it too and i think this is sort of a good discussion point for the three of you guys the two of you guys to sort of talk about it too like it's cool to see uh like like because like the the fan of like the mcu of me did come out in the episode where i was like I have such fond memories of seeing Thor in theaters and then like rewatching it that I was like, Oh look, there's Darcy. And I'm really happy to see her again. And, um, uh, Jimmy, uh, uh, what's his last name? Um, woo. Woo. That's another character. I was like, I had like, he is one of the best parts of Ant-Man and the Wasp. I'm like, I'm happy to see him again. And I'm, I'm happy to have some tie into Captain Marvel and things like that. Like, so I was happy those things genuinely did make me happy to be like, okay, I am glad that they're here. And I'm glad to see like Darcy's become like her own scientist outside of Jane, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. And uh, Jimmy Woo's sort of like an expert in sort of like this stuff too, that he's not as like bumbling as he was in Ant-Man and the Wasp. Like there's just, there's some cool stuff there of like the continuation, sort of what Joe brought up before that, like this matters, you know, and these characters matter. So that was cool. But what, what, what did you guys think about those characters showing up? So for me, uh, one thing that I can sort of equate it to is like, I used to love the search of um, getting a sort of like an 80s comic book. And so, so maybe it's like a Spider-Man comic and I'm reading it through and I'll get the little editor's note. It's like, if you want to find out more about this, jump over to daredevil like 226 so i felt like this episode was like the closest thing to sort of like an 80s marvel comic where they're like hey do you remember when this thing happened go over here to like find out like what this is but they they did that like with almost like a tv show where it was like these are the editor's notes of like how all of these things connect so like it might have been a little bit of like nostalgia for me like remembering like how that all of that that works so that might have been why i liked it so much yeah i i kind of like that and i also like the idea of just the broader mcu when they can um almost have like an index of characters that like they could plug and play even for one episode i think about how uh i think it's general ross right william hurt played general ross in the hulk movie and then mm-hmm. they brought him back for like civil war right they brought him back how many years later for you know a, a, a supporting role and to be able to do that with, um, and I forget her name, is it Dorothy, Kat Denning's character from Thor, right? And Wu, like that whole concept of like, we have these characters that can return at any time in any movie and play a supporting role and you remember them. And like, no, they, I mean, that's probably to a point unheard of, right? On a TV show, like they, any kind of art, uh, cinematic art, right? Where you have, you know, a list of a hundred characters that can show up at any time that, you kind of know well then again it's it's very sort of like 
with my experience of like Marvel comics in the eighties, it's like you read a daredevil comic and like this person shows up and you're like, Oh, I know this guy from this random issue of captain America that I used to read. And I didn't like follow through on the story, but you know that it's all connected. So it might be just my love of like that stuff that makes me love episode four so much. I think one other thing that I think it's important that you're saying was, um, you remember, uh, I think it was the Daredevil show on uh, Netflix where they talked about the attack on New York and like passing, right? And like, you know, you wonder like, what was what was Matt Murdock doing during the attack in New York? Where was Stick? You know, I think Stick could take on an alien, right? You yeah. know, like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but so like it's in the universe, but they, they were nowhere to be found during it. Where like now it's all one big, you know. One big cohesive unit. So what you're telling me is uh, episode six is just Frank Castle just showing up to uh, take care take I care of Westview. I was hoping you'd bring that up, Matt, because that was that's always what Matt and I always come back to is like with Endgame, we were like, where was Frank Castle? Why didn't a portal open in the Punisher walkthrough? Like, you know, they talked about that, right? I mean, not to go, not, I know we go down rabbit holes, but they were like serious discussion on, on bringing them in. And I think when Netflix and they started to part ways, a little bit and they decided that was why they, they weren't part of it but i think they were originally on the, the casting call for that actually and i and i think like i we can have our own podcast where we talk about the netflix shows when it becomes relevant to talk about them again i mean not that it isn't relevant to talk about them too but i think also that what you brought up though joe about like how you know they would mention things from the avengers in passing like it, they always referred to the attack on new york as the incident and they never got too specific and sometimes they'd reference thor or captain america just in in world stuff very brief very little but like uh ultron never affected them that kind of stuff like you like uh things from like spider-man homecoming happened while the shows were still going like in their seasons but they never mentioned like a uh, huge cargo plane crashing on uh on uh where did it crash um the uh what's the place called you live in jersey long, it long island right it was, long, long island. It was on um no it was uh coney, coney, island? coney, island. coney island yeah coney island like no one ever mentioned that yeah, like yeah. you'd think that would be a huge thing they'd talk about um and uh i think maybe that's something that like i think that's always sort of for me like i love daredevil the show a lot on its own but I've never felt it have that like universal weight. Like I would love, but that, and I think maybe that's what excites me the most about Daredevil entering in, like all the other characters can kind of be like, yeah, whatever, you know, but like, uh, but those shows never really felt to carry that kind of like in-universe weight as like this show clearly does. And I've not watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but I think from what I know about that show that they worked harder to integrate stuff that was happening in the movies into the storylines of that show. And or even like an end game when they acknowledged um, they brought um, what's his name in to play Jarvis in the one scene um, with the when they go back to the 70s with with Howard Stark that all of a sudden made Agent Carter elevated in like importance all of a sudden. So but like I never felt that way with Daredevil or anything like that or maybe it's just never had its moment. But this show clearly is like, yes, this matters. Um which I like that. No, uh, yeah, I I agree. Um, I I think what was interesting was, and again, we talked about this earlier. Was like this was the first show 
that we got introduced to from the Marvel Universe. And they did this strange thing for at least the first two episodes where they they gave us like the sitcom where we knew the characters, but we were trying to figure it out. Three, we got a little bit of like more of the mystery breaking down. And then four was like, here you are. This is where this is where it fits in. This is what's going on. Um, but like, uh, no, I, I've, I've been really impressed with it. I feel like, and, and Joe, you brought up a really good point. I feel like this is like, this is like Marvel uh, meets Lost, but like yeah. we've already have like all of these like backstories that we know. So it's not like, um, you know, this backstory happens and then we connect it later. Like we have all the, the information on the backstories and now we're connecting it with like the show that we're watching, which is which is a huge benefit to that. Meets, meets Truman Show. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. You know. Very good. Yeah. Uh, which I guess that means it's more like uh, leftovers. I think it's sort of maybe where it's going to, where it's like only a select group of people are affected by this huge major event of things. Um, I'm not watching much of leftovers, so I, I'm, I can't really talk to that, but I guess that's lost also. So, well, I guess Damon Lindelof just likes his characters being isolated <laughs> together for a, like a long period of time. You, maybe that's you, why Watchmen works. So you, well, it sort of goes out of his way, his wheelhouse. You you figured out a secret. Yeah, I did. So yeah. <laughs> um, so the character that's sort of the director that's leading Monica Rambeau around, I don't feel like that's anybody we've seen before in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and I can't. I don't even think he has an equivalent in like comics because. Um, Agent Brand is the the leader of Sword in in the comics, so they've oh. they they've done like a different they've done like a different thing here. So, what did you guys think about um, the the introduction of the director, who, in a way, like as he's leading Monica through sort of the headquarters, as a way to sort of uh, lead us through like story points. So, what did you think about like that? I'll get mine out of the way first. Boring, Boring. expendable. All right, now you go ahead, Joe. <laughs> Check them for a Hydra tattoo. I don't know. Where, uh, where, where do they keep them? I don't know. On, on the shoulder, right? I don't know. That's <laughs> He has that feel to him. I mean, maybe it's too obvious, but right? You know, you, you've been away for a while. and I still love you, but I'm creepy. I don't know. Oh, I, I would, I would make that would make that character so much more interesting. I mean, that's honestly what I thought when I first met him. To be, I'm like, yeah, all I saw was the guy that's gonna die, that kind of thing. Well, I was like, I was like, you're gonna die, and uh, like, I don't, you're, you're here to tell, tell us what's going on, and then to die. Base, that's 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 all I could see with that guy. Yeah, I saw him as sort of like the. Uh, the corporate muckety muck that's sort of like getting in the way of like getting like real action done. So like him sort of getting uh, his come up at the end would, uh, would be great. I mean, speaking of lost, here's a brand new character you've never seen before. <laughs> yeah. Get, getting ready to die. <laughs> <laughs> He'll get bit by a spider. That's it. Buried alive. <laughs> so uh, for sort of, expanded our world um but as we did the first episode 
Um, we had a couple of predictions that I feel like uh, came came through. Um, there was the helicopter that showed up with the uh, the sword logo, and then there was the beekeeper. Um, so we had some speculation that the um, the ways in were either from the you know above or below. Um, what do you guys think about those reveals? Those like like I said earlier, those are my favorite parts of the show. Um, I want to know what I what what those are the parts that are most intriguing to me too because we never found out what happened to the beekeeper guy, mm-hmm. and we also don't know who he is, and they keep not showing us his face. So that's interesting to me. Um, he doesn't look like anybody we could really predict him to be, obviously, but that is interesting that they're sort of like kind of pushing him to the side but also sort of making who he is a little bit of a mystery because we don't know who he is like we never see like a like a close-up reaction shot or anything like that um so so he could still be somewhere in the yeah in the bubble because she just says no and sort of rewinds the timeline we don't we don't necessarily know that she sort of got rid of him so he could still be there running around right yeah so uh, that was really intriguing and I liked and I was sort of I was all for like uh like you know them explaining the drone and then of course the the radio stuff like I, I always like that sort of uh uh like uh perspective shift like I always love those kinds of stories where it's like okay this is what was happening at the same time kind of stuff as long as it's interesting basically so like I I like that they had uh, I, that one sequence that like really stuck out to me that I really loved was when they were trying to radio in mm-hmm. and it, it did suck me in at that moment, even though I know it didn't work, but it was still kind of cool to be like, did a good job of keeping up with that suspense of like, are they going to be able to radio in and get like, are we going to see a different side of this? Um, so that was cool. I really liked that. Um, but what about you, Joe? I mean, I- one part I think we probably discuss, I bring it up, and I think, I think uh, Noah's right up your alley when you said you like you like the you like the weird and everything else was that shot of Vision with the old uh, oh yeah you know uh, that to me talk about uh, obviously a pretty powerful shot um, goes back to the obvious question is Vision alive and then like what's really going on inside that whole you know. It, Obviously, safe to say that to some division, some way, uh, Scrawn, which is controlling what's going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then it's what is she doing it herself? Is Hydra doing it for? Her? And then that shot of vision, well, pretty eerie, right? Yeah, that well, was that... my. That probably was my favorite part of the episode. Right there was that. Again, really good performances from both Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen in that moment. I was just like, oh yeah this is what I'm here for. Like that was so freaking cool. Um, that was the, and then, then again, leading into the ending, it was just, uh, just chef's kiss. It was beautiful. Yeah. That combined with where we knew in the timeline was like, like, Oh, like we know the weird or like, we need to figure out what's going on here, which was a really good, uh, really good uh, point in the show. So, no, you brought up the end of four. Um, what are your thoughts about how, how four ended? Again, kind of like how three ended. It was just my favorite part of the show. I liked, again, this sort of, like Geraldine confirming 
I think I can't remember the exact line, but basically she's like, it's Wanda, that kind of thing. Like it's, it is Wanda. And then it cuts to Wanda. And I love also the, the other side of it where you get to see Wanda doing her crazy, cool magic hand thing, you know, and like her, like it's sort of like shot almost like a horror film in that moment. And it's, it's, it's creepy and it's uh, suspenseful because we know how it ends. But at the same time, it's sort of it just sort of watching the build up to that final violent act of her just expelling uh, Monica is uh, riveting. And then and then, of course, Vision walking in and her like getting the flashes of his dead body and everything like that. It was just it was great horror imagery. It was great, like, uh, again, great mystery, sort of like eeriness. And then. uh again, just adding, like, ending on this badass moment of Wanda, like, you know, again, like, you know Wanda knows something, and then them, like, escalating it with their choice of music, like, you know, Jimi Hendrix's Voodoo Child coming in there with that sick guitar line, that kind of thing, as they're sort of, like, pulling out. It was, like, that, it was classic, like, uh, Don Draper, um, Heisenberg, you know, like, like just sort of like that kind of imagery given to this like powerful, badass superhero chick. Like it was just, it was just awesome uh, to have it end right there. And then also that they're watching TV too, adds another layer to it, right? Because mm-hmm. you think that everybody's watching them on the screen, but who are they watching, right? That kind of thing. Like, are they like, like Wanda deciding in that moment, like, let's see if there's something on TV. It's like, it's like how much like is like is she watching the outside world from in there and stuff like that it, it it was just it was awesome that was like that was the part of it where i was like yeah love this now it's getting back on track for me where i'm like okay this is the stuff i want to see get past all the exposition machines and let's just get back to the action um but yeah what what about you guys uh i'll turn it over to joe yeah, I mean, I love the whole episode. Um, uh, the, the part of the vision when she the showing her expel her, um, like wrapping up. Yep, all right, this is definitely Wanda doing this. Um, uh, you know, it's a simple, you, like you guys are writers for a living. You know, you when you get the more answers you get, you know, the more questions you get, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like the fact that that led to that as well. Um, you know, a little aside, I think you also notice that, like, the house they live in is, is kind of run down, right? That's an illusion a little bit. Yeah. I think that when she expels her, you see the uh, the old, right? It's kind of broken down a little bit to show that that, that the whole neighborhood might just be a bunch of abandoned houses. Which I well, think I thought that was just New Jersey in general, right? <laughs> no? The truth hurts. So... Yeah, no, I, mean, I thought it was well done. The, you know, you talk about the voodoo child. I forgot about that, but uh, yeah, that's a nice, a nice touch as well. And then obviously, um, when this is done, I'm going to go watch episode five. So that's also yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, hanging out there. Yeah, I. So Noah, as somebody who liked the the Watchmen show so much, and Joe, you liked it as well. Like those also had sort of like those great sort of like cutaways at the end that went into music like I'm thinking of like um the last episode of Watchmen that it went to the 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 cover of uh uh I am the Eggman I am the Walrus like that was just like a really great way to do that and like 
they're doing that here as well. Um, so do you guys want to go into uh, predictions here? I mean, I've seen five, so I'll I'll tread lightly on predictions. Oh. <laughs> but um, so, you know, I think one of our biggest questions that's still yet to be answered is it no. Well, we knew who was talking to her on the on the radio, and we thought for a second that that was her brother. Yeah. Um, but like, what do you guys feel about uh, more um, Maximoff showing up in the in the in the show? Becoming for me at least, it's becoming. It feels less and less likely now. Um, uh, and I'm okay with that because I'm just sort of, I, I was sort of happy to still be end, end on four when they expanded sort of the scope of this show to be like, I, I still wouldn't mind if this is just sort of its own thing, you know, it doesn't have to introduce new characters. It can just progress the story of Wanda. And I, I think I'll be, I, I'm, I'm just predicting a good satisfying ending no matter what at this point. That's sort of what I'm predicting. Uh, maybe I'm warming up to a more wild prediction though. So I'll let Joe go. So you, you go ahead while I try to get my, my more wild predictions. Cause I, I want to have fun. I don't want to be too realistic with this. So you go ahead. <laughs> I mean, I thought about Galactus and the blob might make, it, <laughs> might make an appearance, but I don't know. I read that on the internet. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. And not to be too spoiler, but something I did read was um, there's talk of a, uh, a Luke Skywalker esque cameo. Yeah, I heard that. That that's going to be in the show, which I don't mind them teasing that. That there's some there's a huge cameo coming up um in the show that lends me to think that it would be um either A a Quicksilver. Take take your pick. There's more than one. Or um you know, a a, a pretty big Marvel, you know, debut, you know, a mutant or a Fantastic Four or something of that of something of that nature or like um, or someone like hawkeye maybe because like her wanda and and clint have a connection um that might because of like age of ultron where he sort and, of like calmed her down and like and got in, her to like yeah and civil war and Endgame, they really heightened that like hawkeye and wanda have this connection right right and the only thing i thought but i just don't see a dotted line was them doing a bridge to the Falcon and Winter Soldier, but that's the next show. Um, part of me doesn't see that because I feel as if that's going to be almost, uh, they're, all, they're all Avengers, but just aside, you know, that's a continuation of Captain America and, and that, you know, uh, Winter Soldier. So, but I don't know, that, that's, that's my only other prediction was like, they're going to try to link that together so, somehow. And I feel like that that Hawkeye show and Joe, you're probably not really aware of this, but there's a a Hawkeye series that came out like two three years ago that's like very like street level. Like Hawkeye's like a dude who like lives like in an apartment like in New York, and he's just trying to like keep his life straight together. So like it's there's not a lot of like magic, and I feel like that's what they're going for from like the previews I've seen of that show. So I'm not sure if we'll get Hawkeye there, but. Um. Yeah, I, I think, so I'm going to be more wild with my predictions now. Um, I'm predicting two, two arrivals in the show. Uh, Hawkeye to be the character to snap her out of whatever she's going through. Them calling him in to be sort of the guy on the ground. And maybe the sort of like, 
I was getting a lot of it. And there's a couple of reasons why I think that. And, and one of them is because of uh, the sort of like city that they set up around sword sets up around Wanda is sort of very similar to what it is in Thor. Um, like that sort of like operation center that they set up that shield sets up mm-hmm. and then Hawkeye's there. So I wonder if they'll have some kind of cool callback to that with Hawkeye trying to yeah, like penetrate the shield and get to Wanda. So to have like a cool callback to that in there, uh, similar to sort of the callbacks that they did in Endgame to the previous movies, or they're going to do, and, and no, not, not an or, and they're going to do a callback to, to Civil War with how uh, War Machine like was like, uh, was sort of like uh, cruel to Wanda, like during the airplane, like the airport fight. Mm-hmm. And that's what made Vision snap and want to hurt uh, and hurt uh, War Machine in the moment. And, like, obviously, like, it sort of played off that, like, he just missed. But, like, everybody knows, like, he didn't miss. Like, it was sort of an emotional reaction to him hurting Wanda. And uh, so I'm wondering if they're going to call on that, too. Like, that'll be sort of something where War Machine's going to show up. Because we also know that he's going to show up now in, in, in Winter Soldier and Falcon. So mm-hmm. he'll be there to sort of connect the shows there. And then Hawkeye will be there to connect this show to his show. So those are my two predictions of who's going to show up in these next episodes. Uh, pretty much for both of them for like the final act of like the final battle or final whatever confrontation. Um, that's, those are my predictions. All right. So I'll go even, I'll go even further. I, I feel like, we're just we just need a magneto to to show up and just sort of be like daughter you've you've gone through a lot i have not been in your life for for so long but like i'm here now like i have to help you like get your sort of thoughts and just deal with this sort of drama or not drama but this sort of stress that you've been under so like i'm predicting like a a magneto and i don't know which magneto i'm going to get if i'm going to get a fast bender or a uh 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 not gandalf but the ian the, mckellen, the, ian yeah, McKellen. McKellen. like which one will that yeah. which, which which one will i get so i'm going to predict a, a magneto showing up at the at the end that would be a great ending to the show because a lot of it's about parentage you know this show i see that being a very likely outcome you know, and, be, and he and she could be like, uh, meet your grandchildren that are now like, yeah, seventeen years old. Yeah, <laughs> like, like uh, meet your son-in-law. He's he's a robot. Don't don't crush him if you you know. He's dead. You know, he's, <laughs> if you him off. Uh, <laughs> or Mag- he's dead. Magneto would be fine because he's not a human. He's not a he, he's he's not. He, Magneto is all about Homo superior. He's That's he just true. he doesn't like Homo sapiens. So maybe, you know, yeah. Maybe, maybe Magneto will be like. It must feel like you. I was in a different universe, <laughs> but I'm here for you now. Yeah, I I, uh, I I like the Magneto prediction a lot. I like that the show could end with him being like, "I'm your father" or something like that. You know, crazy. Be so cool. And uh, I'm still holding on to uh, the the one neighbor, the the crazy neighbor who runs the sort of like coalition of neighborhood women like you know like housewives or whatever it is Mm -hmm. i'm still holding on to her being like a mutant and her being a white queen and then i i think now agnes is um uh you still think she's emma frost 
No, I so no, no. I think the 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 what the blonde lady's Emma Frost. Yes, Agnes is um, uh, Moira, um, from X Men. Oh, uh, the Moira, the uh, the one from McTaggart. Yeah, McTaggart. That yeah. had like the huge role in like uh, Fox Fox. Yeah, House of X, Powers of Ten. Yeah, so yeah, Hoxpox. Then why, why were we calling that during the reviews? Man. Oh, that's uh, no. I've heard people recently call it uh, Hoxpox. Why didn't we do that? <laughs> that would have made things so much more simple. Oh, okay, um, but the no, that I think she's Moira McTaggart. Like I, I think so. That's my prediction, though. That's my wild prediction. So it, I'm done with rational. Yeah. Emma so, Frost, Moira McTaggart. Your long, your long shot. Launching it, just, just shooting out. Yeah. It, so, so and do you want? Do you want? Do you want? Is Bishop. <laughs> yeah. There we go. So, do you want Charles? Do you want Charles to Charles and uh, Magneto to come back at the same time? And then he's like, uh, Mora, like, come with me. And like, uh, Magneto's like, um, Wanda, come with me. And they just like take their daughter in magneto's case or they take you know their significant other in charles's case yeah i think so like my wild prediction (laughs) like wouldn't the best documentary in our world be a documentary with like kevin feig and all the marvel execs sitting around to talk about how they introduced the x-men and like like just just the discussion like Talk about a whiteboard. Like, uh, this is how we might do it. How can we bring them in? What's the plan? What's the timeline? Like, that's 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 what you want to know. Like, that's you know, I, yeah. that's what I'm hoping for. Like, yeah. I hope that they continue with the gallery series on Disney Plus, like they did for Mandalorian, with this show, depending on who they reveal and whatnot. Um, I, I mean, like, I think we might get another follow up to the one about season two of the Mandalorian because they didn't touch on Luke Skywalker showing up in that documentary. And it's, I'm sorry, we should have given spoilers for Mandalorian, I guess, at the top of this episode. But the, uh, but like, I, I want to see that too. Like, I want to see why they were like, okay, why do we bring in Luke Skywalker here? Why, why was it that, why was that our decision right now? You know? Um, and uh, I, I would, yeah, like, I, I agree with you, Joe. Like, I really hope like we, at the end of this, like, cause we're always speculating, how are the X-Men are coming, but how are they going to be put into sure. this? Yeah, I want to see that documentary where you where you see the whiteboard of like, how do we get them in there? Yeah, and, uh, whether it sucks or not, I want to see the <laughs> thought process of how they're gonna do it, of how they've done it when when it happens. Yeah. I mean, you you know they're thinking that it's a huge discussion because it's, it's gotta it, be. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm guessing I'm one thing when we get back to cons, if we can see if we can meet Hickman, you know. <laughs> I'm. I guarantee he's a part of a writer's room with Marvel Studios to try to figure out how to get them into that. Because like Ed Brubaker has been a part of like the writers' rooms. Like everyone's been brought in at some point to consult on these movies. So I would like we need to probe Hickman that kind of thing if we ever get to go to a convention with him and be like, what do you know about how they're doing if MCU's introducing the X-Men? They make, they make that guy sign so many non-disclosures. You know, he's got a tattoo on his back. But just to get his reaction, that's you know, the like, thing. I'm gonna play it. like I'm playing like guerrilla warfare, psychological <laughs> mind games, just to see. <laughs> just to ask Fair. him, just to see if he knows anything. You'd be like, we have a bunch, we have a bunch of guys in their 40s that sit around every other Friday night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're really wondering when you make this happen. You know, yeah. you know, we're gonna be uh 
It's gonna be like you know, She Hulk could be coming out. We'd be like, maybe this is when Magneto comes out. <laughs> no, we know She Hulk. They're gonna introduce Fantastic Four and She. Yeah, no, like that's, that's what, be what like. it's gonna be. Oh, like, she's gonna be the. Uh, she's gonna be a replacement for uh, Johnny Storm. That's, yeah, like, yeah. Wouldn't be the first time with a thing. Wouldn't be the first time. So that's you know. That's no, funny. like uh, so. No, you said earlier that this is only six episodes, right? Yeah. So at this point, we we're like two thirds of the way through. So I've seen five. You guys haven't seen five. We'll get back together, um, and the next time we do it, we'll we'll hopefully have all of our answers. I feel like the way they're setting this up is, uh, I don't see like there's a possibility of a season two. What do you guys think? I don't think so either, especially with everybody saying like uh, Wanda's going to be in um, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness and uh, excuse me um, like I think this is a one-off like one and done miniseries uh, and I'm happy with that and I think that's sort of what it seems to be with all of them that they're like we're they're basically approaching this like they did the movies where it's like you know maybe we can like right now i think even less than what they're doing with the movies where it's like we're not even going to try to do like a franchise but still connect everybody all the time especially now like we're like now like especially when like the follow-up to endgame had like was was far from home spider-man far from home and that had so many avengers people coming in and out like with nick fury and maria hill and the scrolls and all that stuff like you you ever since age of ultron you can't do just a like this is one and done Mm -hmm. you know like only one avengers in this that kind of thing like it's very rare so i think uh we'll get little things like this but i think they are focusing more on sort of like the event the events sort of 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 this universe Um, but what do you think joe I mean, they're rolling out so much that we know about already, right? Yeah. I mean, look, we, we talked about She-Hulk, talk about Moon Knight. Um, right. yeah. I, I, I mean, Fantastic Four is a done deal, right? That's that's coming out. Yeah. Um, you know, this gets into right the, the, the challenge of the challenge of of the not being drawn and written and colored on paper, right? The actors and actors, you know, they're going to commit to it and everything else. Like, um, I just feel as if like if we do get a second season or something out of that, it's going to be no time soon. There's so much already that we know of uh, slated out for uh, um, the MCU and these in these Disney Plus shows. Well, this show, what this show sort of gives us hope for is like the uh, more experimental storytelling of it all. Mm-hmm. So that gives me hope that like, like I loved the Daredevil show, but I was sort of my big fear when they announced Moon Knight was that they would try to make it like Daredevil. And not sort of embrace the character's more crazy, wild, like comic book um, origins. But with this show, they're they're being wild, they're being crazy, they're being experimental, and it seems like they're kind of going to do something similar with Loki. That means that means like we're going to get some really cool stuff, depending on who's creating the show and who's what what direction they're going. But we know now they can go crazy, and uh, people will watch and. Mm-hmm talk about it so i'm excited for moon knight and uh the other crazy projects that they have coming up right and secret invasion is a live action too right we even think about that but like secret invasion yeah. that's announced right and that's is that live action 
Is that is it announced or is it still speculative if Secret Invasion is the next sort of big event? event? I think I, I think like it's a, in the it's in the timeline, the timeline. of like okay. Phase Four. But like, so slight spoilers for for Captain Marvel. Like they already got us on the on the the train to have scrolls impersonating people, which is the whole the whole point of uh, Secret War. Um, just like who is really who they are. So, um, you know, no, that'd be a cool TV show, like a, like a very like 24 esque Marvel film, Marvel show, you know, like, uh, you can't trust people. Uh, I bet there's a better example than 24, but you know, that, that, no, that no, the, like, no, I like what you're saying. Like, if like you put like sort of like Maria Hill, like in that sort of like Jack Bauer role where she's yeah. sort of like, she's got, you know this ticking time clock and she's got to figure out who the who is not who they are or who they're or if they're a scroll and she's just sort of due to the timeline she's sort of like pushed to an edge and she might like take actions that she normally doesn't she doesn't do and one of the things that was cool about captain marvel is is that they didn't make the scrolls the bad guys Mm -hmm. and you can make the creed just as as like a, a, as suspicious as the scrolls because the scrolls can change their forms but they always sort of revert back to their normal selves but the kree could be anybody as well like you have few more human like uh, like more earth-like features on certain kree than others right like they can be sort of a wide like almost like they're like a wide version of race like mm-hmm. and like there's like a diversity amongst them so you can have like um you they think that she thinks that she is Cree, even though she is human. So there is sort of some, I'm interested for them to explore that, like how, you know, both, both races can be sort of like shapeshifters, you know, in their own ways. So that'll be cool for them to explore. So no, I'm going to give you a, a big secret. Joe is just waiting for the Beyonder to show up. So oh, uh, me too. <laughs> I love that Beyonder. <laughs> he he wants everybody to go to Battle World and just uh, oh. you know just Secret Wars all the time. Nothing oh. nothing more. Look, yeah, there's gonna be another big event, right? There has to be yeah. another big event. Like what's oh, gonna man. you know? I, I want them to introduce everybody by that point. Like <laughs> it like you can't be anytime soon. That's sort of like I love Civil War the movie, but I hope they do another one. You know, like another Civil War where you can do sort of what it's like in the comics where it's everybody mm-hmm. you know that's sort of what secret wars should be too it shouldn't be just the roster that they have now it should be everybody and um but the beyonder might be the way to introduce everybody you know like um a real, a real 80s beyonder with you know yeah shirt, you know, and Soda the very pads. low the low doesn't Curly he have hair. like a ne- plunging neckline oh yeah <laughs> yeah like that's sort of like i i think that's yeah that's the beyonder we all want and we all need we all need <laughs> and he should be played by keanu reeves that's it. done <laughs> yeah nice so all right so i feel like we've covered those we got a couple of predictions there um so we got a couple of folks who still need to see five uh but we'll get together when the when the series wraps up and uh we'll have a pretty decent recap of uh these episodes but i've been really excited i feel like they had a challenge 
to introduce these shows into the Marvel universe. And like, you know, Sam Wilson, Bucky Barnes, Captain America, Winter Soldier would have been a really like safe way to like come into this, but they did it like the the challenging way. So I give them credit for that. Like we could have had yeah. the 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 straightforward sort of action adventure, you know, sidekicks, you know, going on um, into adventures, but this was a really challenging way to do it. That's sort of what's cool about Marvel is sort of how unpredictable they are about how they start out their new phases of things mm -hmm. like uh like guardians of the galaxy obviously wasn't like the lat like the first film out of the gate after the avengers but that like that, that was even a part of the roster and actually i guess it was the last film before age of ultron which was amazing right like that's how you punctuate this lat this phase before your event film is guardians of the galaxy like the most b like not even b list characters like c d list mm -hmm. comic book characters and you gave them as big of a budget as the first avengers film and then like to have i guess that phase ends with like ant-man which again it's like really ant-man's how you're going to end phase two of your marvel films and then recently of course it's like spider-man far from home is sort of the the it is what capped off phase three mm -hmm. and it's like it's always unpredictable as to what what will sort of start off the french the, the the new phase and what will like end the phase and i like that marvel's doing that and that they're confident enough to do that well when you own everything and you have all yeah. the money you, you you have a lot of confidence so Awesome. So, uh, guys, uh, do we have any final thoughts before we wrap up? No, my brain hurts. Your brain hurts. No. You don't have to. My somebody pull like the vision. somebody pull the infinity head. stone out of your. It's, it's not the. It's the. Uh, which is it? The uh, is it the? It's is the, the mines. Is the soul, soul stone? Is this, no. Is it the soul? Nah, the yellow one. What's the yellow? The mind stone, I think. Yeah, the yellow one. Yeah. On a side note, did you guys see the uh, the rapper who had the uh, the twenty five million dollar stone like uh, put in his uh, forehead? No. Yeah, that's some uncut gems kind of crap right there. Like that's uh, that's, that's just yeah. that's some that's some taunting Thanos stuff right there. Yeah, Thanos yeah. would just come there and pluck that right out of your forehead. Yeah. So awesome. Well, on that note, talking about rappers who put stones on their forehead, we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up. So um whoa that was a good one good job <laughs> so uh for anybody listening if you want to give us a rating and review on the podcasting service you use we really appreciate it if you want to follow the podcast we're on twitter at construct com pod instagram is constructing comics pod facebook is constructing comics um and uh i'd like to thank everybody for listening uh please be safe be nice to each other and go out there and make some comics thank you